Hi, everyone. Welcome to the MBA Insider Podcast. I am your host, Al D, and the author of MBA Insider. This podcast is for career-driven professionals looking for advice on how to grow their careers by leveraging the skills, experiences, and knowledge gained from an MBA degree. In each episode, I'll give you a look into the business school experience, along with practical tips, career advice, and real-life stories to help professionals grow their careers. Awesome. So I'm excited today because I have a friend of mine and fellow UNC Keenan Flagler alum, Jesse Gordon, uh, here with me uh, to talk about uh, life after business school and what it's like to be an MBA graduate. So uh, Jesse, first off, thank you for for joining me today. Um, I always love chatting with you in general, but I think you're well equipped to talk about this topic. Um, and I think it's really uh, something that tends to get overlooked. I mean, you kind of get the diploma, you graduate, and then you're off. But uh, there's there's so much that uh, kind of happens after you graduate. And I would love to kind of unpack that. And I also know just from my own conversations with my own friends who have been graduated from business school, this is something that we talk about a lot. So, um, so Jesse, so thank you uh, for joining me today. And I guess maybe just to, to start off, um, I always love doing like a little icebreaker. Um, sorry, it was, I was an RA, but this is just how I roll. Um, so I guess like my first, my first, um, my first icebreaker for you is, uh, what was what was your first job growing up, and like what did it, what did it teach you? Oh man, okay, so yeah, thanks for having me. I'm super excited about this, and um, excited to be here. So let's see here. So my first job growing up was um, I helped my sister with a paper route um, back when people used to get newspapers delivered <laughs> um, instead of on their iPads. And then um, I only did that for a summer. But then um, my first like real, real job was I worked at Victoria's Secret. <laughs> wow. Nice. Yeah. Nice. I was very into selling perfume. So it was great. <laughs> okay. That's, that's a great first job. I'm assuming that was in high school then? Yeah, in high school at Coral Ridge Mall in Iowa, or in Corville, Iowa, actually. So. Oh, that's that's fantastic. Well, it's yeah. it's always good to have a little retail under your belt. Uh, yeah. You know, you never uh, you never know when you're going to need those customer service skills. Uh, so it's uh, that's that's fantastic. Okay, I have that one more true. for you, um, and I love asking okay. this question. So, like, um, I know you're into music. So, like, what is what's your walkout song? Like, what's uh, what's the Jesse Gordon uh, walkout song? Please. Oh man. This is tough. So we actually have, so it's funny you asked this question because at my current job, um, everyone in the company has a walkout song Oh, perfect. and you, and you can't have someone's that someone else yeah, has. Yeah, like sure. if someone leaves the company, you can like claim it. <laughs> um, so it's been really interesting. Um, but let's see here. Okay. So I haven't actually had to pick mine yet cause I haven't had to give any speeches internally in the company yet, but if I were to have to pick one, Oh man, that's really tough. I think I would pick, oh, this is going to be so cliche for me, but I'm going to pick Fight Song by Rachel Platten. Nice. <laughs> Even nice. though that song now brings me back. I to do know that song. Yeah. Bad times, but that's okay. <laughs> no, that's, that's great. Uh, it's, uh, that's a, it's a, it's a very motivation, uh, very motivational song. So um, I'll, I'll, totally. I think that's, I think that's awesome. I'm glad that your company makes you do that. I think that's, uh, I think yeah. that's really, I think it's really neat. That's all right. Really so cool. now I know a little bit about Jesse Gordon. So, um, uh, take us back. So you graduated UNC Keen Flagler in 2016. Um, mm -hmm. You get your diploma. It's great. So, uh, you know, talk about what happened next. You know, what was your transition back to the quote unquote real world, you know, like, you know, where were you? What happened? What was on your mind? You know, walk, walk us through that a little bit. 
Yeah. So let's see. Graduated in May of 2016. I think the weirdest part that is like cemented into my memory was um, still being in Chapel Hill and saying goodbye to people because people were leaving like at different times and you had to, you weren't really sure when you were going to see these people again, especially like people you became really close to after um, two years in business school and obviously the ones who weren't going to be where you were moving or relocating to. So I think I, that, that's really cemented in my mind. And I remember being um, pretty emotional about it, actually. Like there's um, a time where I was in actually in Washington, D.C., where I got to say goodbye to one of my best friends from business school. And um, I ended up like sobbing on the side of the, the, the street. And like it was it was a whole thing. But anyway, so that part was weird for me, um, really emotional. And then the kind of the summer, I think um, I didn't start my job till August 1st. And so I was in North Carolina, but I had to move out of my house in Carborough and I stayed with my sister and her husband in Durham. Um, and then I like kind of went off to Europe for a little bit to, you know, just, I guess, I don't know, have fun for a few weeks before I had to come back and move all of my like earthly possessions. So, um, that was, I think I was constantly stressed about, I wasn't really stressed about starting the job, but I was like, all of the logistics and the pieces that needed to happen for me to move. Um, and, I'll, and I have one example of there was a, I moved early. So I actually moved all of my stuff in May, at the end of May. Um, and I found a Keenan Flagler student the year below me who was going to live in my apartment in DC for the summer. And I thought I had coordinated it perfectly. And, um, the movers ended up calling me the day I thought they were going to move all my stuff. They're like, Hey, we can't deliver your stuff for another week. And so this person, I don't know if we can use names on this, but she lived in my apartment for, um, the summer. She was like, so I'm like, so thankful for her. Cause she unpacked literally like 90% of my boxes. Wow. Um, so I got really lucky with that. Um, it was a small apartment, so she didn't really have a choice, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. So there's it sounds like a lot of a lot of nuts and bolts to take care of a, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, tactical and operational kinds of things and certainly will be interesting this year just with uh, everything going on with COVID nineteen about how that'll play out so I'm sure that's a little bit of like a little bit of like added uh, added fun I guess to deal with so um, so you went and you yeah, traveled sure. um, yeah and and so uh, eventually kind of like you you started you started work um, so what was it like going from school to uh, to, to back on the back on the grind. Oh, yeah. So interestingly enough, um, my first day of work, I was like so excited. I had spent two summers with this company and was really excited to see everyone. And I showed up on my first day, and one of the admins was like, "What are you doing here?" And I was like, "Um, today's my first day full time." And she's like, "Oh, they didn't." tell me. And I was like, Oh, great. So what do you want me to do? She's like, Oh, just go like find an empty office upstairs and I'll go find you a computer. So anyway, there had been some miscommunication. And so my first day didn't go super well. But um, then after I got into a groove, like, um, I think the the weird part for me was like getting into a routine of like, Oh, I have to be somewhere at most times in my life right now. (laughs) Um, So yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's that's definitely true. You go from this experience in business school where you're kind of controlling your own time and your own schedule, you know, for the for the most part. Um, and then you go into this experience where someone else really goes back to controlling uh, your time schedule and and a lot of your priorities um, for that yeah. matter. 
So it's uh it's definitely it's definitely a little bit of adjustment. Um, I'm I'm curious. Uh, so in addition to just being back in the workplace and the adjustment there, what was um, what was the adjustment like outside of work in terms of, you know, like now you have this thing that takes up a good majority of your day, but mm-hmm. uh, certainly there's other stuff that happens outside of work. And so, you know, how did you kind of navigate that or, or what were some of the, the things you were thinking about as you, you got thrust into that experience? Yeah. So I think the thing that was the hardest for me was finding a routine. Yeah. Um, like I had a gym in my building, but it wasn't like that great of a gym. So did I want to like, you know, did I want to go to SoulCycle before work or dirt, you know, after work, there was a flywheel near me. SoulCycle wasn't geographically convenient. And I'm going down this road of talking about spin, but anyway, like exercise in general was something I think I really needed to make time for because in business school, it'd be like two o'clock and I'd be like, I'm going to go for a run. And that was really great. Right. So couldn't do that anymore. Um, and then like socially, I think, um, we all have, like we were, I was really lucky, um, that a lot of Keenan Flagler people actually relocated to DC. And so we have a pretty good crew here, but all of a sudden I'm not the only person who's, you know, settling into a new job. All of us are right. And so I think like we all had differing priorities, but making time to see each other and actually getting on each other's schedules, um, and getting on people's schedules was really hard. Um, I'm someone who really likes extracurricular activities. So I immediately found like other things to do in DC, like pro bono. I worked with this group called Compass in DC, which does like pro bono consulting for MBAs right out of school. Um, I joined a couple intramural leagues, like, so I need to keep myself busy. Otherwise I go crazy. So I like intentionally sought that out like right away, which was really good for me because I've met a lot of cool people through that. Yeah. And I, I think that's great that you had the foresight to be intentional and, and being proactive about doing that right away, because um, uh, at least for a lot of folks I talked to and myself included it, a couple months in, it hit me and I kind of had like a, Oh crap, like something's not feeling right. Like what, like, why is, why is that the case? So uh, I think yeah. uh, for anyone who, who knows themselves, if you're, if you're someone who's probably like a little bit like me or Jesse and you, you need those extracurriculars to kind of keep you, keep you happy, keep you engaged. Like uh, I think that's a really good thing to do to kind of be yeah. proactive, intentional about it. Um, because um, you know, you have, for many of us, you have so many of them when you're in business school and then you move to this whole new thing and then they're not mm-hmm. there and you're just, you have this void or opportunity yeah. as they say. Yeah. And I think I think about it. Oh, sorry. I think I think about it as like, you, you have to figure out what satisfies you right from like, like, so for example, like exercise, I think for me was big. Um, I love intramural sports. Like if that's not your thing, it's fine. But I think like my recommendation to people coming out of school is like, there is something in the majority of cities across the world, um, where you can join. And like, there are people like you who have similar interests like you, um, I think for me, it was like exercise, like intellectual stimulation, and then like social life. Um, and those were like the three buckets I needed to fill as I kind of left business yeah. school. Yeah. I also love how you just use the word buckets, just like a true, <laughs> true MBA or a consultant recruiter, a recruiting person. Cause it's no, but no, you're right. And I, I think the takeaway too, is that, you know, um, for some people, they know what those buckets are. And, and, and for some people you, you may not know that. And so if, if you don't know that, f- figure it out, but if mm-hmm. you do, then it's like, okay, well, if these are what the buckets are, how do I go and find them? And, 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 you know, certainly when you move to a new city, there's, there are resources for you to kind of, uh, to, to find those, um, which you clearly you did. So one other thing I wanted to talk about, cause I, I know you, you briefly alluded to it and I know this is something that's important to you is about 
friendships and 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 really uh, continuing those the, those friendships or strengthening those friendships or making new ones. And uh, one of my uh, one of my I don't want to call it a hot take, but one of my hot takes is that like in your twenties, like one like built making friends is low key really hard. Um, and because yeah. you, you, a lot of times people come from college where all your friends are kind of literally like right next to you um, to okay. going to this environment where you don't see those people every day because you're at work or, you know, you just, you just, and, 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 and it's very easy to lose touch. And it's also very easy to not make friends unless you put like a, a concerted effort into doing it. And, and it does, it does take a lot of effort. And then business school is the same thing where you're physically uh-huh. around people all the time and you can mm-hmm. see them or you could, uh, you're, you're all literally living like close to each other, but then you kind of go off and you go into your own city. And, and so, um, you know, you were fortunate in that you did have other uh, classmates or friends who were in the area, but um, you know, what did you have to do to go about really cultivating those relationships? Because mm-hmm. I do think it can be really hard. And the other thing that as you get older, it gets a little bit more complex is that, you know, people have spouses, people have kids, people have, you know, um, weddings that they're going to on weekends, uh, things like that. Like how, how did you kind of navigate that? Yeah. So, oh man. I, so I think, yeah. So, oh man, now I'm, now I'm forgetting what I wanted to say, but I think that as someone like for, so a little bit about me is that I am like extremely, extremely extroverted and I like need to be around people. Um, that's like where I get my energy. It makes me happy. And so I feel like for me going out and trying. So I think twofold one is like meeting new people after business school is hard, like to what, like to your point. Right. Um, so for me kind of being a joiner, um, in terms of like all of those activities that I mentioned was a really good way for her to meet me to meet people outside of kind of my Keenan Flagler bubble that happened to exist in DC. Um, I had, I was able to reconnect. So I think one of the really great things about social media is that you can find people that, you know, you grew up with, like there are people, a ton of people in DC from Iowa. I grew up in Iowa city. Um, lots of people. I went to undergrad at GW, obviously a ton of DC people still here from GW. And then I also did the dual degree at Duke and a lot of Duke folks ended up here too. So I had these buck, I keep saying buckets now and I'm super aware of it, but I had these, um, uh, social circles that I could pull from and reconnecting with that, those people was really, really meaningful for me. Um, and so that's one thing. Um, second thing I mentioned, like meeting new people through kind of activities or work or whatever it is, that was, that was great for me. And then the third thing is those people that aren't like down the street from you or not, you're not, um, in Chapel Hill anymore. Right. So you can't just see these people in class or at the bar or whatever. Um, and so for that, I think for me, two things, right. I was traveling a lot in my first job after business school. And so I was fortunate enough to travel to places where, um, classmates ended up. And so I was able to actually see them like on a pretty regular basis for a while. I was going to LA and SF pretty, pretty frequently. And so that was great. Um, but then there's the places like I have a ton of friends who ended up in Atlanta. I didn't find myself in Atlanta very often. Um, so I think, you know, FaceTimes, um, group texts, um, you know, I think Instagram oddly enough has been like really helpful because you can see what people are doing. And then when you message them, like I've had full on catch ups with people just like, you know, two minutes long, but, um, being like, Oh, I didn't know you guys were doing this. That's awesome. Or whatever it is. Right. Um, to, to use, utilize those platforms and those ways to keep in touch with people has been, 
um, great for me. So. Yeah, yeah. no, I, I think, I think you, I think, I think that's really great. And uh, for everyone listening out there, I, I feel like uh, our friendship is like very indicative of everything that you just said. Yes. hundred uh, percent. Yeah. I mean, in terms of like Instagram, <laughs> like, Facebook, uh, Twitter, whatever, like how we communicate, but also like through all of that, um, the biz- NBA world is small and I, like we have like 6 million mutual friends through various different yeah. like aspects of our lives that at any given yeah. moment, like we're also interacting like with and, and uh, just from just how it all like fits together. Uh, but it's, but I think you're, I, I think what, what you said, which I think is right, is that it you physically can only see so many people, but there are ways in which if you want to prioritize, you know, building mm-hmm. relationships or maintaining relationships, um, you have the, you have the ability to do so. And, mm-hmm. um, and I think that is really, it's really, I mean, there will always be people who I think that no matter how long you go, uh, you'll always mm-hmm. kind of just be able to, to kind of catch up and, and leave, you know, pick up where you left off. But, yeah. um, you know, for everything else, uh, the, the, those are the positive aspects of, of, of social media, I would say, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And I think too, like for me, since I am, I feel like, um, what's that book, um, tipping point or whatever that said, you're only able to have like 120 meaningful relationships in your life or something. So people who are on the extreme end of like the extrovert scale, like myself, I feel like I'm actually way beyond that. And, um, I've actually had friends from not just B school, but other parts, other walks of life that have said to me, like, they're so grateful for the fact that I seek them out because they yeah. wouldn't do that just naturally, but that comes so naturally to me. So I think for both ends of the spectrum, right? Super extroverted people like continue reaching out to your friends. Like it makes you feel good. It makes them feel good. And like the folks on the other end of the spectrum, like make sure you tell your friends that you appreciate it. Cause I think the last thing I would ever want to um, be to someone is a burden, you know? So sure. um, I think that that's, um, also good good to keep in mind no i i think you're i think you're i think you're spot on i'm the same way um yeah. sometimes i feel like a uh a dog that's been kept inside all day and <laughs> then the owner comes home and you're just like hey how you doing like good to see you like like whatever but no but no i think uh I, yeah. my friends have said the same thing too of like you know like oh like i, I do appreciate that you check in or like you yeah. know like it means a lot that you you do that and um you know particularly just given where we are in the world right now, like I, I think connection and the ability to, um, uh, uh, to engage with others, even if it's not in person, I think is just even more important and more meaningful and, yeah, um, totally. and being able to take those relationships that you make and, and, and bring them and bring them with you, um, yeah. even after you're gone. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Great. So, um, as we think about like that, going back to this, the, the transition, um, so be honest, like what sucked or what was hard or like what, like, <sighs> What, 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 you know, like, let's like, be honest, like what, what, it, what was what not was so incredible? <laughs> Man. Oh God. I don't even know where to start. Yeah. <laughs> I'm kidding. Um, okay. One working is hard and like, we all have really demanding jobs. And I think, you know, I, after like, I remember a few months into working full time after business school, I was like, I am exhausted. And as someone who Like usually when I'm kind of tired, I'm like, oh, like seeing someone or doing something will give me energy. Like I remember being, there was a weekend, like it was like October or November. um, And I was like, oh, you know what? It was definitely November because it was after the election. I was like, I'm going to go and hide in my apartment and not talk to anyone for a little bit because I was exhausted from all the work and everything that was going on. And I think um, something you and I have talked about before is, you know, the kind of, kind of the like 
one of the things about social media, like Twitter or Instagram or whatever, is like you can be sucked into that and that can take up a lot of also not just your time, but your emotional energy. And so I needed to just like shut myself off from the world for a little bit. So I think exhaustion like hit me about three months in. Um, what else was really hard? I would say, okay, so I would say there are two other things that were really hard. One was when I was like, I think, um, I was really excited to have a good group of business school friends here in DC. Um, and I would try and organize things. And after a while it got exhausting because I felt like I was the only person organizing. And if anyone who lives in DC who went to Keaton Plaza, who's friends with me is listening to this, they're probably laughing because I ended up having to have like a, like a, like a moment with a few of my friends where I was like, I can't be putting all of the energy into this friendship. Like I need you to like meet me halfway. Um, and so that was, and, and I think, you know, to, you know, um, from their perspective, like I am not, like, I'm very, you know, social. And so I was very natural for me to do all of this, but after a while it just got to be a lot. And I was like, I need you guys to help me out. Right. So that was second thing that I like, I remember getting like sort of upset about. And then, um, let's see what else. Oh, just like life changes. Right. Like I think, like you mentioned, people get married, people have kids, people move on to different things. People like DC is a very transient city. I've had a really good friend, um, come here right after business school and has been gone for now a year and a half. And like, I think that all of those moving pieces of life, um, you are constantly reevaluating things is, is, is exhausting too, right? It's exciting. Like when your friends, you know, get married or have kids or whatever it is, or get a new job or, move across the country, but it's also, I remember when my friend moved a year and a half ago, I was like, oh, another one is leaving, yeah, <laughs> you know? So, sure. um, but I actually found out I have a few friends who are coming to DC soon. So you went, you gained, you win some, yeah, sure. some right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, absolutely. No, I, I think you're right. And it's, it's funny that you talked about your coming to Jesus moment with your friends. Um, <laughs> I definitely, and my friends, and they know if they're listening, which they will be, they're going to laugh at this because I, I wouldn't say I had a coming to Jesus moment, but like, it was very clear that I was the one who was kind of putting in the work. Uh, yeah. So much so that our, our group text is, is just my name is my name. It's like, it's literally called D and associates. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, but now, but no, and it's out of love because we all love each other very much and it's, it's great. But, and, and, but it, it took me, it, it legit took, it took us maybe about two years to really get to yeah. a point where we all like felt, like we were all engaged in, in, in the way that we could be engaged in. And it, it was a lot of, a lot of persistent effort. And early on, it was a lot of one step forward, one step back, um, mm -hmm. which oftentimes yeah. felt like one step forward, two steps back. But mm -hmm. it, if it is, a, I guess my, my learning from this, and I'm curious what you've learned too, but my learning from it is like, you have to be patient and you have to be persistent. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah. Patient, persistent. I think um, for me to like, something both professionally and personally that I've learned is not to take everything personally. Yes. <laughs> um, which sure. has been really good advice. Probably the best advice I've received since business school is that like, don't take everything personally. And I'm mm -hmm. really, really working on it right now yeah. and have yeah. been for a while. But, um, I like did, I kind of internalized that and did take it personally and found myself like upset with my friends and um, there, I, God, I, <laughs> I would love for them to comment on this podcast, but I probably didn't deliver it like in the best way possible. Like when I reflect on how I got upset with them, I think 
maybe I probably could have delivered it better, but um, sure. I got my point across. Now they definitely know the expectations. So, yeah. oh god. Anyway. They they need to give you uh, they need to give you feedback on how to deliver feedback. You know the right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think I think there's I think there's a training on that somewhere. Um, Definitely. So uh, the, I want to talk about some the uh, another topic that's related, but it came up when, when you were just talking about it, and just this notion that personally and professionally, after you graduated, people start going off and doing different things, mm-hmm. whether that's getting promoted, whether that's changing jobs, whether that's getting laid off, and you know whether that's uh, finding a significant other, getting married, having kids, moving all those things. And, and so like everyone kind of graduates together, but then everyone kind of goes off and does all these things. And yeah. we'd just love for you to talk a little bit more about that in the context of, you know, what, like, how did that, how did you think about that? Or how did that impact you either personally or professionally? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I came into like, I came, sorry, I think I came out of business school thinking, um, how did that impact me? I think I came out of business school thinking that, you know, it was, it was more of that I had stopped learning and I think was looking for a new adventure. I had been, I, you, you know, this, but, um, been looking, thinking about starting up my own company, um, been trying to like do all these other different things and realized that it was time for me to like try to find something new. So I think things can change really quickly and how you, I think the thing that I learned in that through that is like how you react um, is really important, right? So I think for me, the only thing that actually makes me feel good in any sort of type of changing environment is action. Like I don't love sitting back and, you know, what's going to thinking about what's going to happen or just watching things play out. Like I need to, you have to prioritize yourself. Right. And so I think both for professionally thinking about, does that mean a different role within the company? Does that mean a new job? Does that mean a new could be a new city, right? Like it could mean a different things personally too. Right. I think I've seen, so I've seen friends come and go from DC. I've seen friends get married in DC. I've seen friends have children in DC. Right. And so, um, like, for example, I think you have to realize that people's priorities change as all this stuff happens. And, um, to kind of cherish those moments you do have with those people from like a social perspective, because, um, their, their priorities are different, right? You're not just, um, you're not in Chapel Hill anymore and just trying to get your MBA. They're, you know, thinking about, um, they're thinking about childcare. They're thinking about all these things that like we haven't had to, um, really, um, put it like I, it's not something I think about very often, but like, um, obviously cause I don't have kids, but like, their priorities have changed and the things that they are thinking about and the way that they're prioritizing their time and their energy is different. And I think you need to like be prepared for that, um, as life changes. So does that make sense? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, that, that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, I think that the the, uh, business school uh, for, for very good reasons, it tends to put you in boxes or lanes, right? Like if you think about just how, from a recruiting perspective, right? It's like, are you, are you, are you interviewing for consulting? Are you interviewing for investment banking? Are you interviewing for tech? Right. Yeah. And, um, and that is well-intentioned and good. And, and, and there's, and for the, at least for, from moving from business school to the going back to the working world, there's kind of 
progression, right? And in, and in mm-hmm. some ways, it's very clear, particularly mm-hmm. in you know longstanding fields like consulting, banking, or brand management or something. Mm-hmm. And that's all well and good, but the reality of it is, to what you're saying, everyone's priorities are different and they change. And so, if you're anchoring to someone else's priorities, you're number one not not understanding what you want and not focusing yeah. on what you want. Yeah. Um, and number two, uh, it's just, uh, you know, the, the, that that's like, it shouldn't be that way, right? Like you should be anchoring mm-hmm. on like what it is, what it, what it is for you and, and yeah. not everyone else. And so I think one of the things I've noticed in just my conversations with lots of graduates is just this notion of, you know, now that you're out of business school, you can let the, the, the boxes and the swim lanes go and just kind of really hone in on like what yours is, whether that is yeah. personal or professional or what, what have you. Yeah. And I think uh, it's like, so interesting, the lanes piece, I hadn't really thought about it that way, but it's, but it's so true. And I think there's so much, like when you get a group of people together in business school that are super smart and high achieving and driven and in important jobs, like there's so much I've noticed among my peer group from business school and even coworkers that went to business school, like there's so much comparing and there's so much making sure that you're in your lane and if you're in your lane, you're keeping up with the other people in your lane. Right. And I think like about probably a year to it, probably two years after business school, I, I felt fortunate that I didn't feel like I was doing that as much, but I did notice a lot of other people were, and, um, I think it's hard not to. And so I'm sure I have, like, I'm definitely not immune to it, but, um, it took me a long time to realize that like, that it's, it's really about you. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm unmarried. I don't have kids. I act, this is the time in my life where I can be selfish and say, this is, this is about me, right? This is about my career. This is about making me happy. And you have to define happiness for yourself, whether that's some people that is money, some people that's relationships, some people that's traveling, right? Whatever it is. Um, and stop paying attention to the other people that were in your supposed lane because what they're doing, like it could seem like they're very happy because they have a well curated Instagram, but they also could right. be very miserable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. No, that's great. That's fantastic. Uh, thanks for sharing the meaning of life. We can uh, end, this, end this podcast now. Thank you everyone. <laughs> I've solved everything. It's great. <laughs> See you later. No, you great. Later. Um, so speaking about, you know, finding your own happiness or your own lane. Um, you mentioned earlier that you, you thought you were going to work at your job forever and yeah. then, you know, things kind of like changed. Yeah. And so then there was kind of this search for you to figure out, well, what does make me happy and, and how can I, you know, like, how can I get there? So I'm just curious as you kind of were in that situation, um, you know, how did you figure out how to respond? And, you know, mm-hmm. based off of also, kind of like what you learned in business school, just about like going through the process of recruiting or identifying opportunities and, and interviewing and all those things. Like how did, how did you kind of take what you learned in school to, to kind of work through this, this process and and to find that next, the next move for you? Yeah, totally. So let's see, I started that process probably almost exactly two years after I started my job. So I was there and then I left like two and a half in, but I probably honestly should have started earlier given how much, how much time this takes. It is a, it's like having another full-time job. And I think the business school recruiting process is a perfect example of why it is so time intensive and frankly, why it should be right. Like I think 
Um, I was having coffee with literally anyone and their mother who would talk to me. Um, and it was like, so I think through all of it, like when, even though I felt very lost in like what I wanted to do and what made me happy and like what I wanted my career next career step to be the, the shining light through all of it is there are so many people who are willing to help you. And I think we forget that. Um, like I reached out to so many strangers on LinkedIn through connections, through you, through other friends, right? Like there are so many people who are willing at the drop of a hat to help you and talk to you. And that is where I think the business school network and your networks like come into play and you cannot, um, you, you can't even begin to how imagine how important that is. Um, especially for me when I was like, do I want to stay in consulting? Do I want to go to healthcare? I was, in, I was also interviewing for jobs that I probably had no business interviewing for, but I was able to articulate why I wanted to make this change because of what I learned in business school and how I could take what I had learned in my job and pivot. And so, um, I'm just really grateful for that training that I got in business school and that experience. Um, and so I think like, I'm now, I'm now going, I'm now rambling, but, um, you know, reach out to your networks, um, talk to people and apply for, I mean, I, I've told you this before, but I think people should just apply for jobs that look interesting, right? Like what is going to keep you going every day um, is really important. And so, yeah, I, I, I rambled through that answer. But. No, I, no, I know, but I, I see what you're saying. I know it makes, it makes, it makes a ton of sense. Right. Um, yeah. No. So number one, like, yes, like absolutely. In terms of the process you go through in business school. Um, the reality of it is, is that there's so much, there's so much time and effort in terms of finding the right internship, finding the right job when you graduate. And that's important. It's important because you just dropped 200 grand um, yeah. on an investment. And it's important because career centers need, need you as a statistic to, to do that. Yes. But um, the reality of it is, is that a lot of people very shortly thereafter that end up changing jobs again, yeah. or changing careers. So many of my peers have. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. And so to your point, like, I think that, you know, number one, like being able to use what you learn in business school and applying it um, to the next career move is, is certainly like really valuable. But, but number two, um, and I know you wrote about this in the book a little bit, like, I think, I think it does help to, to kind of, even if you're not, even if you're not ready to make a move to, to every yeah. now and then have a heat check to see what else is out there, um, yeah. you know, to, to, to kind of confirm that you are, or, or confirm that you're, you're, you're happy where you are and on the right path mm -hmm. or make you pause and think of, Oh, maybe, maybe I do need to be doing, doing something else. And so, yeah. um, you know, for the folks who are in school right now, just know that like it, you know, this doesn't end here. Like it, yeah. it like is going to, you know, change and pivot and evolve. And, you know, it's something I think, you know, well, as well as I do, but if you think about the whole, I hate using the word, but it is what it is. The whole future of work, um, <laughs> The reality of it is, is that uh, the next job or next career you take is not going to be the last one. Oh my God. Absolutely. And I would, the way I would think about it too, for those who haven't like moved jobs very much or jumped around and I really haven't either. I'm on my technic, like since college on my third job now. Um, the way I would think about it is that I think we can, is comparing it to relationships. I think you can be in a relationship and you can be super comfortable in that relationship and think things are fine. But you can wake up one day and realize you might not be very happy. Um, and so it's like, I really think that that's true. Like comfort is a really, really strong, motivating feeling to stay, right? Sure. Um, 
even though it might not be what's best for you. Yeah. Well, we don't have enough hours in the day to do the uh, <laughs> dating podcast, but uh... <laughs> nobody should ever invite me on a dating podcast. <laughs> there are way too many hot takes. <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I, I listen, if we did it, I, I can honestly tell you, we would have so many people listen to it. I, uh, <laughs> We'll put it on the back burner for now and move on to the next maybe question. Something but... during, maybe something during our, if this coronavirus quarantine continues. Yes, no, exactly. At some point, I'm going to run out of topics and then we'll, we'll go to, we'll go to that one. Okay. Um, so um, something I want to, uh, something I, I know that you've kind of thought about, but I think more people should be thinking about this if they're not, is just this idea of kind of employee engagement or mm-hmm. just, you know, being engaged in, in your work, you know, particularly yeah. for MBA grads. Um, and so I, I think why part of the reason why it's important is because of the fact of, you know, like at the end of the day, work is a big portion, like just of the t- things you do every day, right? Just mm-hmm. pure amount of hours. And so if, if it's not something at the least that is engaging or that is interesting, or hopefully that is, that is exciting, um, that's a lot of time you're spending on something that is draining, you know, for lack of a better word, draining you of energy, time, Mm -hmm. uh, stress, like, et cetera. And so, um, I just would love to kind of, uh, you know, get from you just kind of, you know, what are some things to be thinking about or like how, how can, how can, you know, um, MBA graduates or MBA students kind of think, keep this in mind, you know, because on one hand, like you're, you're never going to love everything about your job. Like Mm -hmm. it's, it's, if you're looking for the perfect job, it's probably not, it's probably not going to exist. Right. Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, like there just as a human being, like you need a level of, of engagement to, to be able to kind of be at your best. The three that I think um, are really great to seek out in business school specifically. So one is um, you had a long-term project. So we talk about how um, at Gallup and we would talk with like um, constantly when I was traveling, I'd be talking about with our, with our clients who were mostly presidents of universities and provosts to talk about Projects that take a semester or longer to complete or some sort of, you know, I think it was a, it came like, was it called star? Yep. Um, this, thank you. Gotcha. <laughs> um, um, uh, I did the equivalent at Duke, but you don't have to tell anyone that. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, so um, a project that takes a semester long to complete, I think is like a really relevant experience you should have while you're in college and business school in any sort of grad program, honestly, because that is going to translate so much to what you actually do in your job, right? We're all constantly working on these different workflows that take a long time, um, to implement and operationalize. So I think that's one that's really important. Second is having a really meaningful internship where you're actually applying what you've been learning. And so to your point earlier, when you're dropping $200,000 on a degree, you really want to make sure you're actually taking that knowledge and using it in your job. Um, So having a, almost like a check with yourself when you're in that internship experience or when you're selecting that internship during in between your first and second year, um, make sure that it's something that, you know, you're actually, this is what you, this is why you selected into business school, right? This is, you want to be using these skills so you can use them in a job, right? And then the third one is the importance of mentorship. So I've mentioned this a few times. I have been extremely fortunate to have some really great mentors throughout my career. Um, from my first job, I had a really amazing boss who, um, I think with what her, with her was just like the expectation of greatness was always there. And, um, I feel like because I bring that, that expectation now to every single thing I do. Um, so for example, right now in my current job, I'm constantly thinking about, 
um, you know, it, have we, have we searched, have we, um, identified every single alternative hypothesis for, you know, this problem we're trying to solve for what does this look like from everything from actually the data we use to how we present it to senior leadership, make sure you're expecting greatness of yourself. Um, and so anyway, I say that with, um, going back to the original point, but the original point is seek out mentors, find mentors. I think, uh, unfortunately, I think like mentor assigning can be a little awkward and sometimes you just don't click with those people. And so I've certainly had mentors assigned that have been wonderful, but I think the most meaningful mentor relationships I've had are kind of those ones that have grown organically. And I think for the folks who are listening to this, like it is okay to ask someone to be your mentor or, and you don't even have to use that word if that feels uncomfortable, but I think saying something like, Hey, can we just have like a quarterly check-in? Um, I really like the way you've thought about your career and what you've done and the changes you've made. And I'd like someone out of my lane to, um, bounce what I'm doing off of someone and check in on making sure I'm, you know, moving towards the goals that I want to achieve or whatever it is. Right. I just use so much business school lingo. It almost made me want to throw up. Anyway. <laughs> It's all good. No, yeah. but, but no, I mean, yes, but people will understand what you mean. So exactly. it, it, it's okay. Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I love all those things. Um, I think all those are really important and I mean, not to humble brag here, but like I can absolutely speak to all of those, particularly the, um, you know, a long-term project. I mean, I, I started MBA school the second semester of business school and it took me about four, four years, but then after about four years, I decided to, to write a book about it. Yeah, so, totally. Like I never would have, I, I never would have been able to do that had I not, you know, picked up a project that was, it was, I started as a semester long project and, yeah. and here we are. But, um, but it was through that and being able to apply a lot of the, my skills or the things that were interesting to me and to explore and be curious that really kind of snowballed and brought forth other opportunities. And then, mm-hmm. um, I, and I think you're absolutely right about mentors in terms of, yeah, I, 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 I mean, I've done the formal kind of programs and, and they're well-intentioned, but I've found the best ones have just kind of happened. And yeah. I think you're right. And I, I love that you gave kind of a practical way to, to go about asking for one without actually like being like, Hey, can you be my mentor? And, and I think that's, you know, I think that's a good way to say, to frame it in terms of like, we'd love to, you know, we'd love to keep this, we'd love to, you know, check with you regularly or would love to yeah. um, engage with you and chat with you a little bit more or every so often. Um, I think that's a very innocuous way of, of being mm-hmm. like, Hey, can you be my mentor without <laughs> being like, Hey, can you be my, can you be my yeah. mentor? Yeah. And I, yeah. And I, the other thing I would add to that is think about where you want to be in your career, right? So think about the people in your, either your company or in your different social circles and like how, for me, it's a lot about, um, who are, who are the specifically the women that I look up to, um, and how have they gotten to where they are Mm -hmm. and the ones that I've, you know, formed a relationship with, it's been like, the reason I've sought them out is for those reasons, right? It's like, I need, I really want to talk to someone who I admire them. I think they are well-respected, they're brilliant and they work hard and we click like that. Right. And so it's sure. really that it was really for me, just that, that, that's that, that ask of, Hey, can we have a quarterly check-in and, and so many people are willing to do it. So. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, my last question for you, before we, uh, before we end. So, um, you know, given where you are now, mm-hmm. uh, what's, uh, wh- what's maybe one or two things that you wish you, you wish you knew when you graduated mm-hmm. that you, you've had to learn. 
First one I would say is jobs and, and people are imperfect, right? So there are going to be things you love about your job. There are going to be things you hate about your job. Same with the people you work with, same with the people that you, you know, in your personal life, right? So I think going in with that mindset um, allows you to understand a little bit more about um, how, you know, when things happen, right? Things happen. At the end of the day, bad things happen, good things happen. And like, it's all about how you deal with it, right? Second thing I would say, find your champion and figure out how you like to receive recognition. So for me, I'm a words of affirmation person. You can Google this, the work language. It's like the, basically based off the five love languages, but it's four work languages um, because physical touch is not one that we should have in the workplace. Um, but um, I'm a words of affirmation person. So like, it's really important for me to have people around me who tell me that I'm doing a good job or give me feedback on what I need to work on. Um, so figuring that out and finding your champions and the people who, um, you know, give you feedback in the way that maybe like you receive feedback well, um, is really important. And then finally, I think figure out how to unplug. And like, this is something that I has just really rung true for me during COVID, um, is that, Every day I got up, I got on my Peloton and then I worked and I worked a lot and I'm in front of this computer every day and my surroundings aren't changing uh, like they used to, right? So before COVID I was in meetings in hospitals and then I had an internal meeting in our division office in Maryland and then I had a meeting in Baltimore and right. And so I had all of this variety, which I really liked and I was traveling to, you know, corporate meetings in Denver, right? So I think that variety for me was really important. And right now I'm in this, I've figured out in the last couple of weeks about how much I really value that and miss that. And so even for me, um, kind of, am like kind of trying to recreate that a little bit. Like the other day I worked at my kitchen table versus at my desk. Right. Um, and the importance of unplugging, which is figure out things you enjoy to do outside of your job. Right. Um, that can be going for long runs. That can be cooking. That can be, I tried to teach myself how to knit during COVID and that was an incredible disaster. Um, but I think figure out the things that you enjoy and the hobbies that you like, because if there's anything I feel like people have learned during this pandemic is that, or anything, I guess other people have learned, I'm not going to speak for anyone else, but for me, it's been very important for me to have things that I enjoy doing that aren't watching things on Netflix, aren't scrolling through Instagram, aren't doing these, you know, um, and things like that. So finding those things is very important. Um, and I think those are the, you asked for two things, but I gave you three. So, um, yeah, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. And I absolutely love doing this. Hi, everyone. LD here. And thank you so much for listening to the MBA Insider Podcast. If you liked what you heard, make sure to head over to Apple Podcasts and to write a review. It will only take 15 seconds. I'd also love to hear what you've been listening to on the podcast and any suggestions you have for how we can improve. Find me on LinkedIn or head over to mbaschooled.com backslash podcast.